What's up, y'all? It's Black Girl Emo Night. This is Gab. Kyla can't make it tonight, so um, she got kind of busy. So it's just going to be me for now. She'll be back next week. So this week's episode, we had decided to talk about, from our own perspectives and experiences, being the Black girl in the alternative music scene. As far as what we had to do, how we had to kind of change ourselves to fit into what that means or what we thought it meant to us. So that, of course, includes, you know, physical appearance, looks, and even outside of that, how we act, how we talk how we present ourselves and how we carry ourselves in general. So I think a main thing for me, mostly when I think back or when I think about this idea, I think primarily of myself when I first started to get into this music and this look, like fashion and this look was when I was in high school and Of course, I was a high schooler, so I was already out of place. I was already feeling uncomfortable with myself and what I had to offer. I was, you know, I was a 14-year-old girl who thought that everything depended on how I looked and how I acted. And definitely brings me back to thinking about assimilation and for those of you who don't know what assimilation is so basically cultural assimilation is pretty much when unfortunately people of color feel like they have to pretty much give up their own cultures in order to survive and be successful in white-dominated spaces and white-dominated societies, such as the one we're in. So when I think of the word assimilation, it doesn't really resonate with me thinking back to, like, my younger days. But as far as now, I think it does, because I think that sometimes... I do feel like I have to kind of sacrifice parts of my culture and parts of my belief system as far as who I am in order to come across more something, more affluent, more intelligent, more knowledgeable about something and not look like an imposter. For example, I still struggle with my self-image with my hair. My hair is natural right now, but even that is like a fucking nightmare sometimes. Just honestly, just existing in every single fucking day life. Like, and I'll get to that later. But anyways, so you have to think of when you see black and brown people in these alternative spaces. How much are they assimilating? 
how much are we really sacrificing our own cultures in order to be a part of this culture? And honestly, how much of that do we know? How much of that do we realize that we're doing? Because I don't think I ever noticed that I was doing that. Not for one second. I never realized I was doing that. Because, again, that's why I don't really relate to this word as much from when I was younger. Because I didn't think I was assimilating because I didn't think I was black for most of my life. So, um, that's kind of another story. It's a little bit personal, to be honest, about my family situation. But there are definitely times in my life where I had no idea my identity. And so... That made it a lot easier for me, I think, to be a part of this white-dominated space because I didn't know any better. But as I got older and as I really kind of realized who I was and and really became self-aware of how I experienced life and how people see me and treat me, I I think that I did become, I did come to notice it more. And, you know, that's why <clears throat> that's why I stopped, you know, relaxing my hair and I stopped trying to be different. Um, so, yeah, assimilation, that's that's one thing that is happening. Um, and it's definitely something that I was doing. I just didn't realize it at the time. So more specifically speaking, I really wanted to talk about physicalities on the black experience versus the alternative perspective and experience. So when we think about alternative, we think about different colored hair, different makeup. We also think about straight hair, which is obviously not something that most black women have or black girls have. So for me personally, when I was really coming into this this world of alternative fashion and alternative aesthetic, that's the look I wanted and um, to be honest with you I was already straightening my hair I had started straightening my hair when I was about 11 or 12 because being a young black girl in America just didn't make me feel like my hair had any room or any space to be anywhere so let alone look nice or like beautiful (laughs) or anything positive So definitely straining my hair was a huge thing that I started doing at a very young age. And then when I started learning about the alternative music scene and fashion, that just kind of took on another element of its own. And I started playing around with different cuts and different hair dyes. I definitely, definitely would be lying if I said I wasn't trying to be that little scene girl with the weird, like coontails and whatever the fuck else was going on but you know no shade no shade back to my 14 year old self that didn't know any better no shade all love 
I, I look back and I reach back in time and I just give her all of the love because I was go she was going through it, y'all. She was going through it, but that's another story. Anyways, the frustration definitely also came because no matter what I did, my hair was never that Haley Williams bone straight. And that was really frustrating because that was my idea of beauty. And 14-year-old girls all want to feel beautiful and that wasn't what I was feeling because I didn't look like that and that was really stressful um that's another thing wow okay alternative music is already a predominantly white space right add into that being a 14 year old brown girl around a bunch of 14 year old white girls that are the standard of beauty to 14 year old girls in America everywhere and then try to add like becoming that to a brown girl and it's just a hot ass mess it just wasn't happening so that definitely caused a lot of frustration for me personally that I just wasn't who I wanted to be um I definitely was denying my blackness for most of that time unfortunately and Honestly, I'll have to say, like, I'm glad that I grew up in this alternative space, but also at the same time, that definitely was not a service to me. Like, that definitely did me, did me dirty to be around that, to be in that environment. And, you know, that, that kind of makes me, kind of makes me think about who I would be if I wasn't so pressured by like feeling like I needed to fit into that alternative white girl box. That kind of makes me wonder how much I would have bought into that whole Eurocentric beauty standards in general, let alone the alternative aspect of it. And you know, going back to being a black girl our hair is already something that we have to fight for basically i have to basically fight for the right to have my own hair that comes out of my own head every fucking day so taking away the aspect of being alternative that's already something that i have to work on work for and then add in the whole alternative look to that and it's just like Damn. <laughs> but anyways <sighs> hair was the main thing for me but besides hair I also distinctly remember painting my fingernails black because I wanted to look lighter like I wanted my skin tone to look lighter so I painted my nails black because I felt like that made my skin look more pale. I like distinctly remember that. <clears throat> and it's really weird and surreal to think back on that, honestly, because now I'm just like, what? Like, I could never, I could never. Yeah, it's like, wild the things that I would do to just not feel like who I am not feel like myself 
And then there's always that, oh, you don't sound black, you sound white voice thing, which is disgusting. Let me just say that right off the bat. That's gross. Um, Speaking of, so kind of coming off of looks, I think it's important to mention double standards when it comes to alternative fashion. So I always thought it was kind of interesting that black fashion is considered alternative fashion when it's not on a black person. (laughs) So, you know, you see like, I remember one day I opened Alt Press magazine to a picture of Jenna McDougall just straight up just rocking I'm saying that sarcastically like bright green box braids and I just like kind of wanted to cry because literally black girls have been wearing box braids for centuries and black girls have been wearing green hair and black girls have been wearing all these different styles but nobody wants to give us credit or props or tell us we look good I opened a magazine and there she is with all of her majesty and glory not being black at all with her box braids and like honestly no shade to Jenna McDougall but that just like really really infuriated me and upset me and you know this is just a part of the society that we're in that literally just wants to get rid of anything that has to do with black history or black excellence but black hair is literally so sacred and important it literally means everything it means who you are it tells you about your family it tells you about your ancestors it tells you about where you're from it tells you about your family lineage it tells you about your family wealth your family status the hierarchy of who you are and nobody understands that because again this is a society that straight up just wants to ignore and forget about anything that has to do with black history to see that on this white australian woman just you know sitting there looking at the camera just smiling and just being so confident and comfortable just like really just sent kind of chills down my spine because that's not yours to feel so comfortable with and you know the second that one black girl says something like that a whole sea of white fangirls will pounce on you (laughs) and um which i'm fine with i honestly have no problem with that i will always defend myself and like and you know if i say something that's messed up you can check me but like I'm never gonna back down on calling out racism, sorry. (laughs) I don't care who you are. (laughs) You could literally be my favorite band member, I'm gonna call you out. Anyways, another thing similar in that same vein is the amount of people also (laughs) 
I just remember going to Warp Tour and just like kind of just playing a drinking game in my mind with how many people I saw with locks that were not black. And that just like always cracked me up so much because it's just like, and then like being me and going to shows with my locks whenever I have have my locks and people just coming up to me and being like, I love your hair, which is really awesome. I love that. But then the very next sentence is usually, I was going to do that or I'm going to do that. And I just have to kind of be like, no, please don't. (laughs) There's a reason that it's on me and not on you. And it's kind of scary to think, like, I I wonder if people just genuinely don't know the history behind our hair, like, kind of like what I said, or they just don't care. And I kind of don't want to know the answer, because I think I already do. And again, like, there's not enough Black people represented in the music scene. Like, we're there, but we're not the majority and so people aren't going to care if they're disrespecting us because we're not, well, they don't want us to be there enough to say anything about it. Hair color is another thing that always, that kind of upset me because there's definitely a huge double standard when it comes to hair color that's not natural hair color on black women versus on white women. Usually when you see, I've seen a lot of posts on Instagram and Twitter and stuff like that with pictures of these beautiful black women with like green hair, blue hair, and the caption will be like, fellas, is this ghetto? That's from, you know, that's from black men saying that. So they're not off the hook, but just in general, like from everyone, black women just are not allowed to have colored hair because that just makes them immature, unprofessional. Um, I was even watching this video with this girl who was talking about girls don't wear your pink hair because it's not professional, men aren't going to like you. I just, I don't like that. That just causes even more of a stigma around it. But then when you see white women with their, with their pink cotton candy or like half heads and whatnot everyone just like thinks it's so cute and original and which it is it it looks great but like can you also give that same energy to me (laughs) you know um but yeah i feel like another thing besides you know physical aesthetics is being in both worlds or more than one worlds of um, culture so you know there's kind of like what i was talking about assimilating i think that people don't remember it's hard to remember sometimes that there's room for more than one type of culture in your life um you can be involved in the alternative lifestyle but you can also appreciate your own culture and that's just something I really just, I, I love seeing that, you know, like Afropunk does a really good job at that. Um, just like embracing and celebrating alternativeness and also blackness and the black diaspora 
together is just like one of the most beautiful things I can ever think of because alternative doesn't mean not black. You do not have to separate those things. The black diaspora is everything. Blackness is anything and everything. There's not one way to be black. And that definitely means you can be alternative and black. <laughs> you can be another race and be alternative. There's no one way to do it. So I think that's definitely something that I wish I would have realized when I was younger because I was constantly like, wait, why can't I do this and this? Exactly, why can't I? <laughs> I can. So um, my next point was being a black girl in the alternative music scene felt like I was always being kind of judged and watched um, extra harshly. I feel like white people and white girls always got a pass for being alternative and never were questioned about it because they were just kind of like expected of it. It was expected of them. Um, which I mean, I feel like that's not just a white issue. Like I feel like definitely the black community can contribute to that as well because you know, there's definitely a stigma around being alternative a little bit still. Um, and there definitely was back when I was first starting into it. Um, so whether it be subconscious or not, definitely that just knowledge overall of just being, you know, judged by, by everyone really, um, by the white community, by the black community. So that's definitely something that needed to be um, checked, I wish, at some point. So I feel like the purpose of this episode is just kind of reflecting and reminiscing on things that I would go back and tell my younger self um, as a young alternative black girl. <laughs> so yeah, so far we have changing the way we look to fit in and then also keeping in mind that we have to already do that without the alternative aspect of it. Um, embracing different culture, like multiple different cultures. Um, I can be black and alternative. And then, you know, feeling like I'm always being judged or watched by somebody that needs to be minding their own business. Um, wish that I didn't care about that when I was younger as much. I guess now, looking back, like I said, I wish I had known that, like, it's okay. Danny from Neck Deep was talking about this. He had mentioned, because I, I had talked to him about um, this idea, and... You know, he said that he thought it was, like, really awesome how, yeah, definitely there are not as many people of color in this music scene as we would like, but at the same time, to look at the positive side of it, that kind of makes us unique, you know? And I definitely can relate to that. I definitely, you know, I don't really love going to shows and being the only brown person in the room, but then when I am, I kind of just kind of embrace myself and just be like okay 
I'm that bitch right now, you know, like, I, I'm different, and that's awesome, you know, and that's beautiful, I'm different, yeah, I'm different, I'm different, yeah, I'm different, anyways, so yeah, I guess, if I were to give some advice to, like, maybe my past self, or, like, young black girls, or young black women, kind of, like, or brown women or brown girls coming into this music scene right now i would just say literally just don't forget who you are don't forget that you can be alternative and brown there's not like i said earlier there's not one set way there's not one way of how to do that you can embrace who you are culturally already while also embracing that knowledge of who you want to be in the alternative aesthetic and community and just be that just be that as much as you can and use who you are as an advantage i'm never gonna stop telling white people in the music scene how to talk to me or how to treat me and not to fucking overlook me or treat me like a doormat. I'm here, I'm I'm a person. Black girls, we're already under a microscope on how we're supposed to look and how we're supposed to act. And we're already being made a mockery like by everyone. So you might as well just be whoever you wanna be because white society is gonna make us out to look crazy anyways without the element of being alternative so just embrace that just rock that remember it and be aware of it but don't let it stop you from being who you are and who you want to be you're allowed to you know jam devil wears prada or knock to loose and then also go listen to Tupac or go listen to Kendrick. Like, it's okay. It's all a spectrum, baby. <laughs> alternative, being alternative is a spectrum and being black is a spectrum. It's a diaspora and you fit on it. And that's not on that, period. That's on period. I think that's really all I had to say in this episode. I just kind of wanted to rant about who I was and how I came to be this way. I guess some of the challenges that I had growing up being alternative and being black. Some challenges I have now with it are just like being so self-aware of everything. I think that things are a lot easier when I just didn't realize any of this was going on. But now that I do, it's a little bit difficult, but also at the same time, I'm glad I know because I can address the problems like I'm doing here. So that's going to be it for this episode. Join us back next week. All right, y'all. Stay safe, and I will see you next week. Hopefully, Kyla will be back. See you then. I'm not going to